You are listening to the Dradcast episode 91 with special guest Stacy Cavernmo. This episode of Dradcast is brought to you by Pagely, the original WordPress managed host. If you are looking for rock solid WordPress hosting, look no further than Pagely.com. Get ready for the Dradcast. Your favorite nerds. Brad Williams and Dre Armada bring you high-octane conversations with new guests every week. Covering the latest news, insight on recent events, and interviews with tech titans. Pour yourself a quality cocktail. What kind of software? Drag. Sit back and chill. Because the Dradcast starts now. We're back. It's another episode. It's, you know, Dre, it's a little bit of deja vu going on here because I think you were sick last week. I, I think you were sick the week before that. I was sick so the week before. Now I'm sick again. Yeah. So, in fact, we're, we're losing Brad octaves as we roll. And, uh, <laughs> they are dropping we, quick. <laughs> yeah, and if we don't hurry uh, through this episode, which we're still going to give it ample time because we've got an awesome guest, we're going to be like the Penn & Teller show. This is going to be crazy. Oh, man. Uh, That's all right. Fact, um, you know, Brad, I've got this all keyed up for you. If you head over to iTunes, uh, the I've Lost My Voice app is at version 1.1.1. We're ready to go, buddy. Uh, that's my favorite. I can just ding when I need to get people's attention. It's like Breaking Bad. Ding, hey, ding, ding, ding. How are you doing otherwise, buddy? I'm good, man. We had a uh, fun Super Bowl uh, this past weekend. Uh, bit of a conflicted state. I'm a big Peyton Manning fan. Grew up in Indianapolis, so I have uh, you know grew up a Colts fan. Um, for most of my life, and uh, I'm also, uh, t- uh, when I was younger, turned into a Raiders fan, um, which, of course, the Raiders' biggest rival would be the Broncos, so having Peyton on the Broncos is a very conflicted uh, spot for me to be in. I want to see Peyton do really well, but I really don't like the Donkeys, so, um, you know, good to, glad to see him get another Super Bowl win, but uh, not so happy that the Broncos won. Geez, I'm another AFC West guy, obviously a Chargers fan. I, I think um, that's probably the biggest uh, reason I hate you is that you are a Raiders <laughs> fan but uh hate the donkeys nonetheless but the field general leaving the game hopefully potentially with another ring that's uh that's that's good stuff so I I was just as conflicted man yeah go out while you're on top Peyton yeah he hasn't made the call yet but I expect probably the next few days we'll be hearing the news uh, I'd like to see him retire or get into the Hall of Fame which I think is uh not a problem there so well, I think, uh, geez, he did well by not announcing it at uh, the game and taking away from the other 52 guys mm-hmm. on his roster, right? Like, that's yep. uh, a real classy way to kind of just hold off on that. If it, it is going to happen, don't take away from the uh, the, the limelight there. Yep. So, man, uh, it's snowing over there. It's it's uh, been cold, cold over here in California here over the last uh, week. In fact, I've had to put socks under my flip-flops uh, because it's dropped into the mid to, mid to high seventies with a light coastal breeze. I'm Ugh, sorry, mid seventies, burr. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was in the desert last week, man. So for those that um, uh, kind of been following uh, me uh, on the social space, I was part of a pit team for um, yeah. Uh, as our guest puts on a scarf, um, <laughs> King of the Hammers, which is the biggest and craziest, hardest desert race in the world for off roaders. There were sixty to seventy thousand people there at the event. I uh, had the opportunity in the Everyman Challenge to support Desert Turtle Racing at a Poison Spiders pit booth, uh, pit pit area there at the start finish line, uh, changing tires and gassing up uh, this this race car in the middle of the desert. Uh, it was freaking brilliant, uh, but I'm still like finding sand in places I didn't even know existed on my body. So uh, <laughs> it was awesome, man. I enjoyed uh, the I, pictures. Looked like a lot of fun. 
Yeah, we got to hit some really crazy trails with uh, with my Jeep as well, so it was just a cool time. But good to be back, and good to be back on the air. Yes, sir. So let's get right into it. We got a pretty good show and a, and a pretty awesome guest. I'm excited to, to welcome on uh, Stacy Convermo. She's actually WDS alumni, although sadly she's no longer with us. Um, currently senior UX designer over at Collegius Education, and, and Stacy's uh, been active in a number of word camps as well as uh, the local meetup there in the area. So, Stacy, I'm very excited to finally welcome you to the Dradcast. Thank you. You are making my dreams come true right now. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Dre and I make dreams come true. This is it's what we a Dradcast first. This Hi, is why. Hello, I am excited to be here. However, I have to say that. Um, a very small percentage of my time daily is in WordPress right now, so this should be a very interesting show. <laughs> well, we're only going to talk WordPress, so um, we'll, no, I'm kidding. We've we've uh, we've been mixing it up a bit, so we have a few WordPress topics. We have a few non-WordPressy topics. We even have some that are just weird um, later on in the show. So <laughs> we'll see how this goes. I'm good uh, with weird. Weird is yep. good. So, so what is going on in your world? You're the senior UX designer. What is what are you working on these days, Stacy? Oh my goodness! It's uh, I manage a team of front end developers, interaction designers, and I work uh, a lot less on actually writing code, which I I find I really miss in the days that I do write code. I, I, those are usually my more fun days. But I do a lot of work on the strategy end. Uh, we work with only higher ed institutions on trying to raise their enrollment through uh, all sorts of diff different digital marketing and traditional marketing channels. And so I just kind of work on how can I connect these things to make the best experience for each prospective student, current student, and as well as like on the website type of side, like how can we make sure that the people who are entering in the content or creating the content are also having that good experience as well. Yeah, and I mean, that's extremely important. Just I, I think a lot of people, especially when they first start out, um, whether you're building really whatever, an application, whether it's a web application or not, but they, I feel like UX is something that's often overlooked um, and not totally thought through, um, really as well as it should be in a lot of, a lot of scenarios, and, and people kind of rush it. And, and when I say UX, I'm not, just, I'm not saying just design. I mean, I'm thinking, like you said, the experience. Um, that people really overlook. I know WordPress, for example, has a very large focus on UX and UI. And I think that's, in my opinion, one of the reasons it's been so successful over the years, because they truly spend the time to think about how, not only how is it going to look, but how are people going to interact with what we're putting together here? How do they feel when they interact? Uh -huh. <laughs> it's about feeling, yes. How does that, how does that feature make you feel? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's a pretty cool process. Not one that I'm super familiar with. I'm a developer, so that's my background. But um, I do respect. Well, I've people seen that, some of your design. Oh, no. buddy! You know, I back in the day, I did I did dabble in the art of web design a little bit. I put together the first couple Web Dev Studio websites. Uh, they're they're you know they're something special. <laughs> it served its purpose. Look it's at where you are to, today. Yeah, it's one way to describe it. Yeah, um, special, special is another. You, you also have a few passions outside of technology. So I know you're really big into yoga and you're really big into Zach Morris. And I'm not sure which <laughs> one's more, um, but I know you, you love Zach Morris. In fact, I think you have a sweater. An ugly Christmas sweater with his I face on it. I did get this like sort of custom holiday sweater with Zach Morris's <laughs> face. I thought it would be lovely. Um, and it is. I wear it. 
probably more often than I care to admit, uh, even though it's not Christmas, but you know, it's Zach Morris. And then there is a Zach Morris Twitter account and now he follows me and he told me he likes my sweater. Wow. That's, and it's the official, uh, I don't know. I think it's like Zach with two A's or something. Is this uh, like the Zach Morris from saved by the bell? (laughs) Yes, of course. What other Zach Morris is there? Well, in the early (laughs) nineties, when that show was filming, I actually was in the studio audience and met him. So I'm just throwing that out there. I personally was more of a fan of screech and I've got an ugly Easter sweater with Screech's face on it, so there's that. Now, I don't think <laughs> I knew that. Are there are there like pictures of you in the audience, or like in the, or you were watching the show live, or you were actually in the scene? No, I wasn't in the scene. I was in the studio audience. Oh, was, gotcha. Uh, twenty, uh, twenty something years ago. So, yeah, yeah well. that's uh, yeah, Dre trivia for the day. Terrible, but I, I used to watch the show. So the awesome. more, the more I'm you so know. jealous. Was it like high school? Or was it like college years or the middle school? Those were a little less important to me in my life. But the high school years? It, it was high school. It with or without Kelly? Was it with Tori? Or was it with Kelly? Kelly was still there. Okay. Oh, man, Ke- I'm so jealous. Kelly was still there. It yeah. was like the prime of yeah. Saved by the now, Bell, now, wasn't it? Now that I've dated myself a little bit, that's great. <laughs> I didn't realize. I, I, I forgot about the college years. That was, <laughs> that well, was for good Kelly. reason, probably. Yes. This is uh, the first go around when talk shows were becoming this crazy thing. Daytime talk shows, and Montel Williams had uh, a talk show. So I was in that studio audience as well back in the day. Hey, that and uh, yeah, a couple other that really don't need to talk. <laughs> Stacy, you got to turn your cell phone off during the recording. I'm sorry. That's, <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> that is so not polite. Sorry. Uh, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, and you're also very much into yoga. I love I love the pictures you take. Is when you travel, um, I've seen in various places you've been and visited. You always um, do handstands, <laughs> and yes. so it's it's not just a picture of you in front of whatever monument or whatever it may be. It's you doing a handstand in front of that whatever yeah. it is. But I think it's pretty creative and uh, and and very talented because I can't for the life of me even get upside down like that. So it's also Dre. When I visited San Diego this past summer or I guess fall, it was October. They have that. I don't know. There's this bunch of sea lions or on the, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, on the uh, docks, like on the, right. So I had to go down there, but wow, that place smelled so bad. And there was no way I was going to put my hands down (laughs) on the rocks because there was sea lion stuff. Stuff yeah. everywhere, so I had to be kind of creative about how I how I did that. You got to be careful. I, that's for sure. I, I dig it when um, your dogs are like posing as well. Like that's super awesome. They're pretty talented. Uh, and the kiddos, it's, it's a it's a family a family experience. <laughs> it is. I even sometimes make my husband do stuff too. Um, but yeah, the dogs love it. The kids love it. I'm not quite sure who loves it more. Uh, we all love it. It's fun. Well, that's pretty awesome. So I think it's uh, definitely time to get into this week's. Pressing Topics of the Week. Stand by. Pressing Topics of the Week. And you're on. Ruh-roh. We've got a delay, Houston. We've got a problem. WP REST API has been delayed, and contributors are facing gridlock. Uh, you know, there, there was a team meeting uh, in the Slack channel to discuss the status Um of a couple of different uh, uh, endpoints here, and it seems like there's there's some issues going on here. Brad, have you followed up uh, with any of this? Have you seen any? Have you gotten any uh, behind the scenes kind of chatter about about all of this? Uh, no, not at all. Tell me more. 
No, I was, I was, I was uh, kind of uh, segueing to you. <laughs> oh, you set me up. I, yeah, yeah I, no, I've been, I've been following along. So, <laughs> uh, um, it's. I got to be honest. This is a really hot topic and a really touchy topic, and this is one you can tell emotions are running high. Essentially, what it comes down to is at what point do the endpoints for the API get rolled into core? Right now, you know, as we know, there is a plugin that the 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 you know the core the whole API is being built as, so you can install the plugin, activate it, and you have your API, um, the REST API. The plan all along was to roll that plugin fully into WordPress core, and then keep developing as a core feature. So um, the challenge now is they are faced with a bit of a gridlock, like you mentioned, Dre, where there's one group, one side that is essentially saying, look. Uh, this should not be included in core until it can until the API can essentially do everything that the WordPress admin can do. The other side is saying, look, we should get it in core now with what it has, which is a very usable API, um, and iterate and keep building on top of it. You know, WordPress wasn't built in a day, so why should the API wait until it's fully fleshed out before it's rolled in the core? I think the concern is that if we don't get it in core, it could lose focus. Uh, it, the the developers working on it, which are really just a handful of developers right now, could lose steam. Um, it's it's tricky building plugins side by side with WordPress for an extended period of time because you spend as much time working on the plugin as you do making sure that you're in line with the newest changes going into WordPress. Whereas if it's in core, then that has to happen for those changes to go in. So it's it's a very touchy topic. Um, I'm very interested to see where this lands, but I got to be honest, man. I really, I really don't like the idea of waiting until it is feature complete um, and matches the WordPress admin before it's rolled into core. I well, feel like- uh, yeah, it's that hundred percent WP admin coverage that uh, now is is all of a sudden the um, the overarching thing that's holding it back. Not sure mm-hmm. that that makes complete sense, and there's really not a lot of. Uh, proponents for it, uh, what seems to be happening. And, mm-hmm. and again, I'm just looking from the outside in. You can make your own um, kind of judgment on this. And this is this topic has been discussed over the last couple of days on Twitter is that there's a clear conflict of interest there and the delays uh, to the core API um, go, going into core really just benefit automatic uh, from a competitive standpoint. And that's that's been the discussion that's been coming up. Um, you know, again, make your own judgment. There's a lot of discussion here on the WP Tavern website, uh, the post that they put out on this, um, and some explanations why people are kind of taking this stance on it, and and people are, seem to be pretty baffled as to the the, the holdup here, based on the premise of it being another WP admin coverage issue, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's there's got to be more to it than that. And again, I, I can only speak from what I'm reading, what I'm seeing. I don't I don't know maybe the whole story, but certainly a lot of people frustrated saying that it really just coming down to a conflict of interest and automatic stance to this. And that is, I think, a lot of it because the uh, uh, it seems like the majority of the the community that is kind of against rolling into core right now and, and holding off until it's kind of feature complete are automaticians, um, including Matt Mullenweg, who's been extremely vocal about this. Uh, it, 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 and then, like you said, Dre, whether that's fact or not in terms of uh, the conflict of interest, it's it's a murky area. But when it's you know a lot of people from one company kind of pushing one thing, and then a lot of other people pushing another another way, there's there's going to be concerns, you know, on whether that is what's going on. Yeah, I mean, uh, geez, I don't I don't necessarily have that that state of opinion. Uh, again, I'd have to dig in a little deeper to understand the, the the nuances behind it. But you know, 
bringing in an API of this nature, a REST API of this nature is no, is no baby feat, right? Like this is a big freaking deal. And I, I, I certainly think that uh, uh, unlike some other features that maybe don't need to be completed in, in a sense of getting it into core and then building on that, um, certainly this is something that a lot of uh, people and people maybe with um, uh, short experience is really kind of just building into this because it's coming um, are going to be learning off of this, right? So like I think it's really important for this whole setup uh, to have, um, I think, direct touch points with folks um, that are learning. And, and if it's not done correctly, it could cause a lot of issues. So I, I'm not – I'm maybe more hesitant to put something of this nature in, into, the, um, into the core uh, of WordPress when it's maybe not fully baked. And I'm on the other side because I think we should absolutely get this in and iterate. I feel like uh, – I mean, it, you know, the XML RPC, if you look at it, and that is the API that basically exists in core right now. Sure. Um, up until a few years ago, that was pretty. It, it did some things, but it wasn't. It certainly didn't cover all of WPM, and it was very neglected. Sure. Um, and one of the yeah. reasons we saw From that security standpoint. <laughs> well, that too. And one of the reasons we saw a big push to get that more feature complete was because of the mobile applications um, for iOS for Android that uh, Automatic was, uh, you know, working on, or at least started those projects. They needed a more robust API in the core of WordPress to work. Well, to be able to do all the things I wanted to do. Um, so that got the push to get the XML RPC API where it is today, sure. um, which is a more feature complete, you know, albeit archaic kind of API, but it certainly is more feature complete. So I really think the idea of iteration is the, the, the WordPress way. And I feel like getting this in core gets more hands on it, gets more developers on it because it is in core. It always has to be a focal point of every release to make sure new things going in are compatible to expand upon it, I really think that's the better approach. Yeah. So, Stacy, yeah. you're the tiebreaker. I mean, what is? <laughs> oh boy. I love uh, I love talking to designers about APIs because they're yeah. I, they just slowly like gloss over and. <laughs> I was I was gonna ask if Lisa's <laughs> written a WP REST API book yet for, for dummies? dummies. No, not yeah. yet. Maybe once it gets in core, we'll have to see if that's on the table. <laughs> yeah, I'm all in fo- favor though of moving forward. There's other competitors out there. Let's without breaking anything, and if it's working pretty well, why not give it a whirl? Like you said, there'll be more attention to it, and then we can push forward even faster. I'm a big fan of that in the sense of, in general, uh, development tasks that need to be uh, that are putting in or features that are being added. Um, this is a biggie, like a really, really, really big thing. Uh, there's no sense in over pushing. Now, again, I'm not tied to it in the sense of understanding every single nuance. So it might be in a state where it makes sense. Iteration is important, and I think that, that Brian Krogsgard re- really kind of pushed that when he was talking about it on Twitter and, and had a small dialogue with uh, with uh, with Matt. Um, in terms of, yeah, well, uh, in terms of, you know, the, the interaction and it's really being driven by automatic people uh, and, and the voices against iteration are coming from that side of the camp. Um, and Matt's reply was, no, uh, no one is against iteration, iterating plug-in with low stakes or iterating core. That's the difference, right? Shipping to tens of millions of, of people, tens of millions of sites. So I, I get both sides of it again without really diving into it in, into the, like the technical piece of it and where it's at in the life cycle. It's hard for me to say, "Hey, yeah, let's let's push that now." Right? Yeah, and I think you know to your to the point you made around it is a big feature. It absolutely is. I mean, it's taken a, a few years to get to where it's at now. Sure. So I think the concern on on the other side, the side that I kind of with, which is the iteration mm-hmm. side, is that. It's taken a few years to get to where we're at now. How long will it take until it is feature complete 
to the point where it would be, you know, rolled into core. We might be looking at another two, three, four years. Um, and at that point, you know, maybe REST API isn't even the way to go. There's maybe some new standard or technology or we're getting bypassed by Drupal and all the other platforms that have this already. Um, I think that's that's a concern that's that's worthy of looking at is that it, it is so big that it never actually gets completed because it, it is outside core and it's anything outside of core is always going to have less eyeballs on it and less contributors. That's just a fact. A valid point there in the sense of, look, so if you look at the history behind uh, WordPress and Matt's, I mean, just strong stance on, you know, re- release early and iterate often, that, yeah. that does kind of push away from that whole uh, directive, his whole uh, ideology that, you know, that, that has been longstanding in the WordPress community. Yeah, there's a couple of really good articles on WP Tavern. They've been covering this pretty closely, and I think the comments – um, if you're really into this and want to geek out on the API and this kind of back and forth, the comments are really interesting. It really shows two sides of the argument. Uh, and there are people for and against both sides, so you can kind of really see um, what's going on. I mean, the, the gridlock one has, you know, push, creeping up on 100 comments. Um, there's tons of Twitter threads. Um, and also in Slack, a lot of conversations going on. So if you have an opinion, I mean, now is the time to get involved. Um, you know, help out. Get involved in these conversations. Help out with the uh, – the rest API and, and, you know, voice your opinion. Yeah. There's that. Yeah. APIs. Hey, freaking APIs and stuff. Um, the software, man, it's, <laughs> you look at even Apple here, they've been having uh, some interesting things come to light lately with the iPhone six, where they were getting this error, uh, error 53. And it's just pissing people off, man. Cause what's happening is their phone, uh, basically becomes permanently disabled. Uh, thousands of iPhone 6 users are claiming that they've been uh, left holding almost worthless phones because the, the latest uh, Apple operating system update um, permanently disables the handset if it detects that a repair has been carried out by a non-Apple technician. So I have, uh, and I'm not sure what those fixes are and how they, they document that or logged it in the phone, but so for example... I have uh, three daughters with phones at this point, right? And um, they suck at not breaking them. Like, it's terrible, <laughs> right? Like, they're just constantly in the shop, it seems. And we have had, like, some of the screens replaced by, like, third-party shops because it's a super easy fix and it's a lot cheaper. And I can't just keep fixing these damn phones. I I see a lot of value in them having the phones because after school pickups or they're with a friend, they're at softball practice, whatever else. If all of a sudden... Um, you know, we get an update on, on the software and it disables the phone. I'm going to be really pissed off, man. Those are not cheap. What do you guys think? You know, I think if Apple didn't do this, let's take a look at the other side. And then somehow the security was compromised. Someone got your phone, the fingerprint didn't work and they got, then those people would also be like, well, why isn't Apple protected me? It's almost like you can't win. However, I do know if I had a phone and I did go through that system of repair, I would be very angry if it didn't work anymore because it probably says somewhere in something that you probably shouldn't use a non-Apple. You know, no one reads a 23-page code or terms and conditions. And uh, I know we probably know a lot more about technology just being in this industry, but, you know, someone like your neighbor might not know about all these things and they would have no idea that this would happen 
So, so maybe that comes back to the people and process beyond the t- technology, right? So if that's the case, and you're going to do this, maybe a little bit more transparency instead I think of putting that's in the problem. Yeah, instead of in the fine print, because who the hell really reads this 23 page thing in fine print? Like my glasses aren't even tuned to see some of the damn writing on these things, right? So in turn, if you're somehow warning me that this is what the case is going to be, I, I've all right. Now I'm taking that risk, right? And, and if it does come to the point where an update screws it up because I decided to go update that screen or fix that screen when it was broken, that's on me. But something's not catching up here. I think with the whole process, it's not cool. Yeah, I think it's just a transparency thing. I mean, if they make it crystal clear, like, look, if you have this worked on by a non-Apple employee. You void the warranty. I mean, this is very similar to computers, right? You buy a computer. If you open that computer up and start poking around at it and putting in, you know, whatever upgrades and stuff, more times than not, you're probably voiding the warranty, depending on, you know, the computer. But um, it's very common practice. But, you know, think of the old desktop computers. You have stickers, like, on the back. It's like if you open it up, you have to break the sticker, like, break the seal. Um, It's kind of like that. Like, it's just like being transparent. So you're kind of saying, okay, I, I get it. The warranty's void, whatever. But, I mean, bricking your phone, I don't know if necessarily <laughs> is the right approach there. Um, more so just saying, hey, you may void your warranty or something like that. I I think, Stacy, I think your point's great about the security because you're getting into, you know, fingerprints. And that's, I mean, as personal as it gets, it's your fingerprint. Like, that's, uh, you know, that's how you set up, like, making a murder documentary or something, just stealing someone's fingerprints. So, um, that is, you know, scary technology. And if it gets in the wrong hands, it could be, it could be used for very bad things. So I could, I can kind of understand how the touch ID falls into place. I, th- I think it's just a transparency thing rather than giving some cryptic air code that their employees don't even understand what it means. Just tell us what does it mean? What, you know, what should we and should not do and, and why? And I think that would have eliminated this whole problem from happening. But good old Apple. Awesome. Uh, you know, speaking of user experience, they're so, so legit with their physical presence and the things that you can touch and feel in most cases. Um, this doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I don't know. You know, um, there's and there's other articles. I didn't add any. I thought about about kind of how Apple's software um, quality has been going down severely in the past few years. You know, Apple used to just be like, it just worked. And I think that's why so many people liked it. Like it just worked. Like you didn't have these problems. You didn't have blue screens of death. You know, like if you need to install something that just worked. And then over the past few years, it's just a lot of their software has been getting very clunky. Um, and they'll ship stuff that doesn't really feel like a version one feels more like a beta. And it's just, it's just been sloppy. And I don't, you know, I don't know if it's, it's quality assurance or whatever's going on over there in terms of their, their review, but themes, something's out of whack. It's also, I think, a lot of pressure from these yearly releases and everyone just needs the newest thing, even if it's not ready. I haven't even upgraded, and that's so unusual for me, operating systems. Uh, I usually used to be like same day, and now I'm like, you know what? You're not on I, El Capitan? No. <laughs> I'm not either. Not. Hello, I am El Rapo. Yeah, uh, I'm not either because, yeah, I've read a lot of things. I've heard there's some serious display issues, and I have, really haven't had time to sit down and research them. But the last thing I want to do is put an update on that could screw up my monitor setup or whatever. So it is a bit concerning. It's just a matter of having the time to do that research and make sure it's not going to happen or do it on a weekend when you have time to kind of fix things if they don't work. But we yeah. never used to think about that like a couple of years ago. Everything seems to be working now, but it, there were some issues for me uh, the first uh First couple versions um, that came out, point releases. And they, uh, Apple's known for having a ridiculous upgrade rate. Like, I mean, when a new iOS comes out, like, it's ridiculous, like, how fast people update. And Windows can't, they can't even give away free versions of their OS and get people to update, you know? 
You said it, not me, man. Uh, I'm going to leave that alone. No uh, comment. Now, uh, you know, we speak of uh, transparency and really alarming folks on things that uh, may may uh, may cause them risk or, or some type of issue down the road. Um, we still we live in a world where websites uh, can cause a lot of harm to your computer, uh, can cause a lot of harm to the things that you're doing and eventually affecting your bottom line. Google's been doing a lot of cool things over the last few years to try to minimize that risk for you with um, you know their their blacklisting program um, and Google Webmaster Tools and and making sure that they're um, announcing when or letting you know when things are, are awry, not just as a website owner saying hey you know you've got some type of uh, malicious um, issue going on on your website, but as uh, as visitors to these websites, we're getting alarmed with these these pop up pages saying, "Hey, you know, this site has been blacklisted, and for good reason because there are a lot of issues that can come from it." Um, they've continued to kind of move that whole program, and now uh, they're starting to warn web users about deceptive download buttons. Uh, which, geez, that that in and of itself is is a whole different world of potential risks, right? <laughs> Um, you know, you get these drive-by downloads that happen on some of these websites, but the percentage of those is a lot lower because you're not taking an active action uh, to download these things. So by them warning that there's some type of deceptive site ahead or issue coming from that uh, that click or that action that you take is a super super awesome thing. Uh, I don't know, um, I don't know how effective it'll be in the short term, but what do you guys think about their active state of Google's you know Google's program around safe browsing? Speaking of bad UX, <laughs> fake <laughs> download buttons. This is like, I love this because there's nothing more annoying than than those fake download buttons. And generally, you can tell if it's like an overly like bright big button. You're like, you know what? That's almost too much. That might be fake. Um, I, I'm assuming they're gonna block. What was it? Was it CNET or I think it was CNET? Like used to be a legit site. You could get some really cool software on it. Um, but man, just turned into garbage over the years, and it's literally like ten download buttons on a page, and there's only one of them's right. You know, it's kind of like Russian roulette. So, I think this is great. I think for people like us, like we get it, we're pretty good at at, at spotting that stuff. People like our parents, grandparents, you know, probably not so much. You know, yeah, parents gonna click. Oh, there's the big download button. It's the big obvious one, of course. It's the one that's shaking. Why wouldn't it be? Uh, yeah. I think this is smart. I like seeing Google do stuff like this. Start penalizing the the the, the bad people wherever they can, I think is a good idea. I agree. And aren't a lot of these buttons served as like an ad from third parties? Like, can't they just, isn't it part of their ad network or is it other ad? <laughs> Probably. Can we just fix the ad network problem? That would <laughs> well, be, yeah. like, let's go there. Jeez. And, and there's, you know, these nefarious folks attacking those ad networks. I mean, they, oh man, they destroy them because it's, it's, you know, attack all, uh, and, and hopefully a couple people get uh, affected by that. Right. Um, they're not attacking a small number. So by finding something, an attack target or vector that's that's a larger scale footprint it makes a lot of sense so all of a sudden this one ad that's have has this you know uh crazy malware thing on it it's hitting fifty thousand freaking views right so it's like oh shit i just destroyed half of earth this is good <laughs> man they it's just it's terrible these people it's man. crazy that like a website would even allow and they do I, you see it all the time would allow an ad to try to confuse that website's visitors. Like I've seen it uh, with download buttons, great point. I've seen it with pagination. Like yep. at the bottom, there'll be an ad that matches the pagination of the site. And you're like, if you see two, like, you know, as developers, designers, we're like, oh, there's a bug. There's double pagination. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, that's an ad. Those sneaky, sneaky. Yeah. 
Oh, well, it's man. not even the website that's to fall. It's the ad networks are letting, there's no like regulation. There's no like person looking at these ads right. to approve or deny. It's, they don't even know what they're getting sometimes when they sign up for these. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of these ad networks, you could target like a specific site that put your ad on, right? And you pay for the, the, the impressions or click-throughs or whatever on that site. So they'll, they'll get down to, like you said, Brad, having these um, pay, pagination um, uh, ads and, and they'll even follow down to the, the hex color codes on that damn website. It's terrible, dude. Yeah. Like, wait a second. What am I really clicking on here? Cold game, man. Next thing you know, you've got like uh, oh, some weird stuff coming up on your browser. It's uh, no bueno. It's even worse on mobile because some of those ads just follow you as you scroll oh, down. Man. You can't even avoid them sometimes. And you, yeah. you can't close them or like, yeah, you fat finger it. Like, I can't. Like, mobile... The mobile web, in my opinion, sucks right now because of ads. Like it's, they're almost so intrusive, and they just don't thoroughly test them on mobile. There's, there's so many sites where I go to read an article and I physically can't because of the ad. And at that point, I'm like, forget it, you know. So hopefully, this stops a little bit of that. Yes, indeed. We, man, I think we've talked about ads and uh, crappy ads on mobile about every episode since uh, since we came back. We need to continue talking about it, though, because I think it becomes an education piece, and it's like anything else. The more repetition, uh, the, the more that people learn. Uh, one of the biggest benefits to WordPress, I think, in general, has been to, to higher learning, higher education, in fact, Um and uh, coming this July, there's going to be an event. What first of its kind, of, from my understanding or re- uh, recollection, in Sarasota, Florida, called WP Campus, and it's just that it's for Word, you know, where WordPress meets higher education, and it's yeah, this is the inaugural conference, and um, I I think it might be interesting to to, to attend this, uh, being that we've done a lot of work in, in the space, um, you know, thinking through that. So have you, Stacey? You you guys are doing that. Every day, you guys going to have some folks here at uh, WP Campus 2016. I certainly hope so. I believe I'm going to apply to speak. I uh, haven't really narrowed down my topic yet, but I see they have a call for speakers, and it's due March 21st. So if anyone's interested in that, I'm really excited because yeah, th- that's what I focus on every day is higher education, and and we get a lot of people, incoming partners, that ask about WordPress. They're not really sure. They think it might be not secure, and you know every CMS has its pluses and minuses. And I, I always want to reassure them that WordPress is a great choice and it can be sec- as secure as you want it to be um, for the most part. And if not, there's awesome companies out there that you can you can pay for instead of paying for a license fee for another uh, proprietary CMS. So I'm very pro WordPress. I would love to see us have a presence there. And if nothing else, I'm going to probably uh, submit to speak and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I love seeing more, you know, niche conferences like this around WordPress. Um, yeah, this is we've seen some of the kind of higher ed um, talks, some great talks at WordCamps. Um, I don't know if there's been any higher ed like full blown tracks. I don't know if you guys know. I, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I certainly seen some presentations that were great. So to see a whole kind of uh, event around this, I think is awesome. I, I'm really glad they changed. I think initially they were called Word Campus. Yes. And it was right when we were doing WordCamp US, and I was like, that could not be more confusing for both sides. Yeah. And I'm glad they changed the WP Campus uh, to, to fix that up. But, yeah, it's exciting. I'm really I'm – really, uh, I'm anxious to see how it goes. I, I probably won't make it this year, uh, but I certainly hope they have another one next year. Oh, yeah. That's good. I think, uh, I think I'd like to go to this. This sounds awesome. Um, 
folks, if you're if you're in a place where you are looking for hosting, specifically around WordPress, something managed and scalable, you need to go check out Pagely. Pagely's been in the game for a hot minute, guys. Uh, geez, since the beginning. In fact, uh, the, as far as I know, the first uh, managed WordPress hosting platform in the world. They've been doing it for a long time. They've continued to grow, and they are um, amazing sponsors and friends to this show. They've been with us uh, all of this season, and I'm excited to have them on board. Uh, they are you know, uh, a provider that I've been using for my personal sites for quite a while, and I think, uh, I think they do a really good job of it. Uh, they're most recently in, in their uh, customer account area. They've added two-factor authentication. Obviously, security is a big deal to me. It should be to you as well, especially when it comes to all of your your uh, your data uh, around your website and maybe your payment stuff, things like that. So they've added that extra layer of security for you. If you're looking for uh, DNS services, Press DNS is a new service that they put out. It automatically routes your users' requests to one of the Pagely cache nodes closest to them, uh, making resp- response times faster than ever before. They're also offering virtual private servers as of late called Rapid Deploy VPS. Deploy Pagely VPS in any of their nine regions instantly. And uh, again, it comes back to faster response times and performance. That's some good stuff. So if you're serious about your WordPress website and you're looking for a serious host, go check out Pagely.com and get started today. Um, They are the world's most scalable WordPress hosting platform. Let's get into this uh, this awesome special segment that we haven't done in a couple weeks because we took it back old school with uh, with some of our last episodes. But we're going to head back to a place called Legit or Quit, Bradford. What do you say? Yes, sir. All right, Stacy. here's how it works. We're going to ask a couple questions or make a couple comments about a specific topic that's happened here as of late. And uh, we're each going to give our legit or quit on it, whether we think it should go away or it's something that makes a lot of sense. And then uh, Brad will blow our ears off with uh, with that horn. Sound good? Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Brad, I'm going to let you kick each one of these off. I'll go ahead and note them, and then we'll go from there. Sound good? Uh, this sounds good. So I'm just going to play a little clip here. I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to set this one up. Puppy monkey baby. Puppy monkey baby. Puppy monkey baby. <laughs> Uh, all right, puppy, monkey, a baby. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even need to, I mean, I don't know. Legit or quit, Stacey, what do you think? Oh my goodness. You know, it was really memorable. It was really awkward. You had to like look at it to see what was going on. It's kind of like someone just got Photoshop for the first time and they're seeing (laughs) what they can do out of morphing two things together. In this case, three. (sighs) Uh, I can't say quit because it was one of the more catchy commercials. So I'm going to say legit. Oh, my gosh. So for those that don't know, this was a Super Bowl commercial. Oh, gosh, stop. It's freaking me out. Man. It reminds me like, of something you would have seen in that show from however many years ago called Land Before Time. Like just some creepy shit. That is really weird. Uh, this was, folks, a Mountain Dew commercial during the Super Bowl this Sunday. They had this this. Well, exactly what it sounds like. Puppy, Puppy monkey, monkey baby. baby. Yeah, I don't I, – I can't quit it either, though, though Stacey, because it just – like we can't forget about it. It's like – I don't know that it would make me – like maybe I won't drink Mountain Dew again, but at least I remember the damn thing. So I, I don't know. I'm going to have to say legit, man. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make me want to buy it. Anymore. No, you know the best thing about it is it was. I, I was just no gonna idea. say that's the best part about this. It's it's Mountain Dew, but it I don't even it's some kind of weird Mountain Dew. I couldn't tell you. It's like three different things in one was the point. It's an uh, energy type, yeah. yeah it's yeah. weird. The best part is like licking the guy's face. Like it's the most <laughs> awkward commercial ever. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know, man. I gotta go legit too. Like it's oh. there weren't very many memorable commercials this year, in my opinion. Uh, this is one that definitely stuck with me. Kind of a like, okay, that was weird. <laughs> like you just keep thinking about it the next couple of days. Uh, I'm going legit for sure. I, before we move on, I do want to add that if you're a Jeep uh, fan, go look up Jeep Super Bowl commercial 2016. They had two of them, and those to me were the most memorable. They were brilliant, and from uh, just a feeling, what they invoked, uh, and the history behind them, I'd, I'd go buy like five Jeeps. But then again, I'm kind of partial. Puppy monkey baby. Did they have a puppy monkey baby though? I don't know. Uh, so gross. So gross, <laughs> man. So. I think it was last year, Automatic and Matt Mullenwez, he took over as CEO. They, 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 uh, they landed another something like $300 million in funding. Um, and there's an article released uh, by Richard Best here on Vestopedia talking about Automatic and asking the question if, it's, if Automatic is an IPO candidate for 2016. So they talk a little bit about uh, the foundation of Automatic, you know, uh, what they do, where they came from, and all of that. And then they make a case for and against them actually uh, going IPO in 2016. Is this legit or quit? I have to go quit. I just don't see that happening in 2016. Yep, I'm going to agree. I'm going to go quit. And not because I don't think it could potentially make sense. I just don't think this is the year. But... Who knows? I, I At some point, I think it will make a lot of sense, but I don't think this is the year. I, the first episode of 2016, stated that this was my, um, uh, what do you call it? My, my, uh, prediction. my prediction for this year. Um, Man, I think I that, might... uh, well, I don't know what just happened there, but I'll, I will say that Automatic already has secure revenue growth. It's already profitable. And it has a dominant market share. These are all the kind of things uh, that they make the foundation uh, for, for a solid IPO uh, or, or case for IPO. I think, and we'll stick to my prediction, that they go IPO in 2016. I say it's legit. You heard it here first, folks. Oh, man, we're going to get into some crazy stuff here. So, like, if we can keep this light. You can go a lot of crazy places. There was a lot of different uh, political and activist types of things that happened with the halftime show at the Super Bowl. Um, you had a lot of uh, uh, pride stuff going on here, and I, I'm all for it. But one of the things that, uh, that I think has hit the Twitter sphere and, and really has maybe touched people in the wrong way is Beyonce and the show that really had some some points to Black Panther uh, Party and, and um, you know Black Lives Matter was was it legit or quit to do that during the show? Um, I'll ask you. I feel extremely underqualified to answer this. <laughs> I watched the entire. Saw, uh, halftime performance and I thought it was lovely but I actually never really listened to the words I was kind of in the background watching the dancing and everything so uh, not only did I not listen to the words I don't think I can answer in a great manner that that sounds like a pass to me it is a pass Brad what do you think uh, <laughs> uh, what do I think yeah I gotta be not to answer, I got to be honest. I didn't pick up on this at all. Maybe I'm just, I don't, I don't know. Like I didn't, I didn't, the outfits didn't stand out to me like that. Like, I don't know the lyrics either. I couldn't tell you lyrics for probably any Beyonce song. So, I mean, I didn't pick it up, but obviously there's, there's something going on. So, I mean, I'll just, I'm going to quit it. Cause I don't, 
I don't really think that was the intent, but I don't really know. Who knows? I didn't. I didn't pick it up. I didn't hear anything about this until the next day when people were talking about it. I, I ain't gonna lie. During the show, what I was watching was Beyonce. I'm a, I'm a grown ass man, and she looked freaking hot. That's my opinion. Okay, so don't take that the wrong way. I don't mean that. In a, I'm sorry, but she's really beautiful. So there's that. Um, I think that if you compare it to other like politically driven or charged groups that are for race. Um, and if they were to do that, now I'm not getting into the whole KKK discussion and all that crap because I don't I don't think that's a fair comparison to the Black Panther Party. Um, but I think if you if you if you really kind of drive into the, the politically driven or, or race driven uh, organizations, if it was any other race up there that was doing something like that, would would this discussion be happening? Um, so I I don't I don't know that it was the right venue or or place to to have that. Um, but it happened. So I say quit on that aspect. I really liked her performance, so I would like to see her back and perform again. There's that. Yeah, I I really liked uh, if we're you know with the last time show. I think Bruno Mars, man, that guy could dance. Like I think he outdanced everybody on that stage. He's got some I, moves. Hey, for all those listening in, I'm Cuban, so there's that. Uh, the whole race <laughs> thing is not not yeah. I'm, I'm kind of a minority. Um. Beyond that, Bruno Mars does not wear a pink jacket as well as I do. So I give you that. You can definitely we'll, rock the pink jacket. We'll leave it at that. He and the red better. pants make me want to dance. Oh, he dances better than me, though. I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> Stacy, it's been a true pleasure having you on the show. I really appreciate it. And little things got a little dicey there at the end. Uh, some really cool topics and discussion points. Where can folks find you? Are you heading to any? Other, do you have any events planned uh, first? Uh, I coming months. Yes, if you are in the area, I will be speaking at the WordPress Naperville meetup group this next Tuesday, a week from today, in about an hour from now. Uh, I'm one of the co-organizers, so feel free to join us there. It's at the NIU campus in Naperville. Uh, Other than that, I am applying to speak at UX Camp in Chicago this coming April. And like I mentioned earlier, I'm applying to speak at the WP Campus event too, I believe. And there is also a CodePen Chicago meetup next Wednesday, the day after the WordPress meetup group. Going to have to find some babysitters. Uh, I will hopefully make it there. So I'd love if any area people could join us. And if you aren't familiar with the the city of Naperville, that's in Illinois. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I only knew that because I know you live in Illinois, but I don't, I would bet. Uh, a lot of people probably don't know where that's at. Just saying. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, yeah. There's that. We tend to think like that's the center of the universe. So that's probably why I didn't <laughs> name drop the state. Uh, yes. I lived uh, in the northwest suburbs. I'm very familiar with Naperville, like uh, my uglier half here on the show. Uh, where, can, <laughs> where can people find you online? What's the best place for people to contact you? I am always on Twitter at Stacy Cavernmo, K V E R N M O, just like it, you know, say every letter, just like it's spelled out. It's pretty simple. Uh, you can find me about twice a year on my own website. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not into reading every day, that might be a great place. And then I love to play around on CodePen forward slash Stacy. Follow me there. If you like yoga, Instagram forward slash Bun Stacy. Awesome. Thanks again for coming on board. It was yes. a great episode. Great job. Uh, 
Bradford, where can we find you there, Sunshine? Oh, man. Uh, let's see. Twitter, Williams, BA. And actually, WebDev Studios. We're on CodePin now at slash mm-hmm. WebDev Studios. So we're getting some cool pins. Is that what we call them? We're getting some cool pins up there. Pens. We're pens with the cool kids. So go check us out over there. They're, they're a lot cooler than us. Uh, and I'm Adre Maida on Twitter for the Rat and Drad. Uh, I'm the doctor. Thanks for joining us on episode 91 with Stacy Cavernmo. Fun Stacy. Deuces. We're out. Puppy monkey, baby. Puppy monkey, baby. Puppy monkey, baby. Thanks for listening. If you have content for the show, want to submit to be a guest host, or just want to listen to previous shows, visit DraftCast.com. While you're there, make sure you click the iTunes subscribe link to catch us on iTunes. Don't forget to follow at DraftCast on Twitter. Join Brad and Dre for a new guest host next time on another episode of the DraftCast. <laughs>